Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hour number two, it's party time. We're taking you right up to noon. D'Lo and KC will be back. Uh, today, Deal in case you're back today, they'll hang out with you from noon to four. Uh, I'm Kyle. That's James. Tons of Kings talk today. We've talked 49ers as well. Uh, if you want to get in on the conversation, 916-909-1320. That's 916-909-1320. The 49ers clinched the number one overall seed in the NFC over the weekend. Big weekend for them. They have a buy in the first round of the playoffs. They have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and now they can rest some guys in Week 18. We'll dive into that a little bit more. Uh, Mad props coming up next segment. That's when we'll dive into some 49er stuff. Uh, Fun mad props this week. Very tightly contested. And uh, like I said, patting myself on the back. Some really good projections by me. But we were talking in the chat at the break, and if you want to get in on that chat, ESPN 1320 TV, um, you can hang out in the chatty house. YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320 or twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. That's where you can reach us in the chatty house. And we talk through the breaks. We hang out during the break. We answer questions. Um, and frankly, the chatty house sometimes asks some really good questions that we bring to air. And that's one we're going to do right now. So I am not ham in the chat. Uh, declared that Zach Levine will not be a king. And we've we've talked pretty extensively about, about Zach Levine. And, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on this, but for me, the whole Zach Levine thing, um, I think what it would take to go get Zach Levine from an asset standpoint, you could probably go get probably two, maybe three lower caliber players who improve your roster more than Zach Levine would. Oh, for sure. I mean, financially, we're talking about a guy who makes two hundred million over like the next four years. Yeah, like, just it, it, you're locking yourself into Zach Levine as a member of your core for the next half decade. Yeah, I, I don't understand in any world where like Zach Levine to the Kings makes sense. I, I just don't like. He's not a super efficient scorer. He's he's never won at all. Like, the fact that he's fun and he's highlight reel and he gets buckets, okay. Like, there are a lot of guys like that out there in the league. And this guy gets paid a lot to shoot 33.6% from three. You know, that's that's not exactly what you're looking for. And for me, it's if you're going to add that type of, of offensive weapon, then add it on the front line. Yep. Don't yep. add it in the backcourt. In the backcourt, like, I think everyone you can look at like what's happening with Trey young, right? Trey young has played alongside Kevin Herter. He's played alongside Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's played alongside Deshante Murray. They just keep like wheeling and dealing through these guys that they believe can help Trey young as Mm -hmm. a player and they keep losing. And what they haven't done is, is done something basic like what the, like the Philadelphia 76ers did with Allen Iverson, like Eric snow, did all of the dirty work. He held mm-hmm. out. He rebounded. He played defense. He got everyone involved. He kept the team together. He hit a you know 16-foot jumper, but that was about it. He was so valuable to the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, why haven't they tried that next to Trey, Trey Young? I have no idea. And, and so when I look at De'Aaron Fox, I first of all, I'll say 
De'Aaron Fox fits, fits next to a lot of players. He's not such a like this crazy megalomaniac scorer guy that mm-hmm. he can't fit alongside people. He fit perfectly fine alongside Buddy Heald. He fit perfectly fine mm-hmm. alongside Bogdan Bogdanovich. And you, the one player that he really didn't fit alongside was was Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Again, you didn't give it long enough, but also you could see that it might not work because you had one guy who needs to orchestrate everything and one guy who needs the ball in his hands to score. Mm-hmm. And so that's not exactly conducive to to building a team. Now, we've seen, again, Fox work with Herter. Fox is probably going to work just fine with Chris Duarte, but Chris Duarte is more like that Doug Christie or Eric Snow type player mm-hmm. that you run out there that does the dirty work that that gets mixes it up, that goes and gets some rebounds, that, that gets a couple of assists, that might have like six or seven, eight shots a game, but that's mm-hmm. it. As long as he's fitting into that role, I think he can flourish, and I think it makes Kings better. Yeah. So, I just and that's not to say that Chris Duarte is a better player than Zach Levine no. in a vacuum. He's not, or but even better than Kevin Herter. No, no. If you but if you're if you're acquiring Zach Levine, it's because he puts the ball in the hoop in so many different ways. Yeah, he's a ridiculous athlete. He can fill it up from outside. Like he's a very very good scorer. But when you look at the Kings and you look at their needs, that's not it. Putting him next to De'Aaron Fox is either handcuffing Fox or handcuffing Levine. Yeah. And it just that defeats the purpose of acquiring a guy like that. No, totally, totally. If De'Aaron yeah. Fox is really still, if De'Aaron Fox, I shouldn't say still, if De'Aaron Fox was struggling to score the basketball, if De'Aaron Fox is like, man, you know what? He's just, he is 20 points a night and they really need more from their backcourt. Then okay. But that's not the case. That's not the case at all. I just don't I don't I don't see the Zach Levine thing outside of hey he wants to be in Sacramento and oh that's that's he's won dunk contests like that's a big name and get it, landing a big name in Sacramento would be cool and 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 different but I don't think it helps them this year. No. No, no. It, it's like the Kings have made this mistake a million times over the course of time uh, over the course of history. I mean it literally is like going out and getting Derek Smith cuz one of the first games that the Kings Played in Sacramento, dude goes out and scores like 30-something points, and the Kings go out and trade for him, and then he blows out his knees and never the same player, like, mm-hmm. or he had a bad knee already. Like, yeah. But it well, brings it's, us... It's Real quick. Yeah. It's about going, and we say this once a show, at least. It's about going from good to great. Yeah. Acquiring Zach Levine is a, we haven't made the playoffs, this guy will help us get to the playoffs type of move. Zach Levine is not a, this gets you to a championship caliber type of move. It's just, it's... Is not. Yeah, and the problem is that Zach has made it to the playoffs exactly one time in his career. And he wasn't great. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just like the... He's been in the league a long time, and mm-hmm. he's not the type of player that gets you over the hump. Nope. Um, there's also this other... Um, here in the chat, we had Greg Moss, and, and I'm not calling you out, Greg. I'm just saying uh, it plays into a different discussion here. Davion plus Herter, a future first, doesn't get the Kings and Anobi for those wondering why the Kings didn't trade for him. Um. This is a, a an interesting discussion, Kyle, because everyone wants to go out there with a trade machine and mm-hmm. they, they want to work out trades. And the problem is that like you got to work the trade machine at least helps with salary. Mm-hmm. Right. So people out there in the in the world can look at it and say, Okay, salary cap wise, this is how this works, right? right? Um, so yeah, on paper that the Kings have all kinds of ways to get to get OG and Anobi. Mm-hmm. The problem that you have is that the Raptors didn't want, it's not that they didn't want Kevin Herter and Davion Mitchell in a first round pick. It's that 
they wanted to stay competitive, mm-hmm. build around a 22-year-old Scotty Barnes. They got a 23-year-old. They got a 24-year-old, and they're building with that as their core. Mm-hmm. The Kings had that to offer, but his, his name was Keegan Murray, and the Kings weren't going to do it, and so they lost out. Mm-hmm. So my point isn't that the Kings had a better deal, could have given a better deal. My point is that sometimes you're trading with a team who has different motivations mm-hmm. than what you have. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've run into here. And then I think the bigger question is, is that going to be the case if they decide to trade Pascal Siakam? And I'm going to say that I don't think it is. And so, I, I, that sounds weird, but go ahead. So that's kind of interesting because that's what I was going to bring up on the about the OG trade was we've talked so much about the Kings first-round picks. I know they have first-round picks and they can offer these yeah. and teams see second. There were zero first-round picks in that deal. It was it was Emmanuel quickly and R.J. Barrett and Detroit second. Yep, which will be a really good second. Yeah, it'll be a really high second round. This thirty first pick in the draft. Yeah, so so (laughs) back back of the first round, early second round pick. So that's the only trade. That was the only pick that went in that deal because, like you said, the Raptors clearly still want to compete. Yep, and draft picks don't help you do that, especially if they're draft picks in twenty twenty five and twenty twenty seven. Well, or later. Yes, yeah. So if it, we're talking about a 2026, 2028 pick, okay. Now, when it comes to Siakam, I'm going to say a couple of things. Number one, Siakam makes $38 million. So you have, Toronto is going to have to take back upwards of $30, $32 million mm-hmm. no matter what. And the people who make that kind of money are not a bunch of young players. <laughs> right. So, so right. they're going to have to take back veterans. That's number one. Number two, they already got two pieces to go with Barnes, and they have other pieces there already. They're probably at this next junction looking for more of mm. the draft compensation and not bearing themselves on the long-term contracts and, and getting players that fit. Maybe mm. I'm wrong. Maybe they're looking for the exact same deal again. They only want 22, 23-year-old players. Sure. And if you got those players to trade them, then they're in. So, like, welcome OKC to the conversation. You mm. have a bunch of these guys. But I don't think that that's you already got two of them. I think that they're probably gonna like look at the build as a long term situation and build assets mm-hmm. because again, OG makes so much money that it's gonna you're gonna have to take back veterans no matter what. Yeah, yeah, and whether that's I think that's a great point, and whether that's veterans with a couple of cheaper young players attached or an expiring with a couple of young guys attached, or maybe it's just salary match and then a bunch of picks. Yeah, and maybe that's where that winds up landing. But I, I did think I was certain that the OG trade was going to be a player and then a bunch of picks. That was not how it went, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, the Pascal Siakam deal is going to be fascinating now. I think so too. I, I yeah. think it it does. The Kings can still get in on this. They can still be players in this if they want. Um, but remember, he makes a lot of money, and if you're Toronto. And you're looking at this, you already got three young guys that you can build around. Could you fill out your roster with role players that actually make sense to help bring these guys along and help develop them and help, you know, put placeholders in place and then first round picks as assets? So I think there's definitely a way that the Kings are still involved. The Kings trade talk will not stop, at least until the trade deadline. (laughs) Then we'll talk buyouts. But the Kings trade talk is definitely not stopping. We do have mad props to get to. And then we will take a look at a potentially messy NFL playoff picture. The good news uh, for the 49ers is they are uh, locked into the number one seed in the NFC. But what else is going on in the NFL? 
Playoff standings will let you know that. And then an exciting edition of Mad Props. You're not going to want to miss it. Very tightly contested race between me and James this week on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. to the insiders with james ham and kyle madsen brought to you by jiffy lube on espn 1320 i'm kyle he's james we're hanging out with you until noon then Delo and kc will be in here again want to thank everybody who hung out with us last week we were rocking from 10 to 2 had a ton of fun doing that and so everybody who was who was in here thank you so much i was a little bit worried over the holiday kind of week or that week between christmas and new year's that there's going to be nobody nobody around Mm-hmm. There's nobody around the office, but uh, shout out to everybody who's in the chatty house, everybody listening on the radio and on the free Odyssey app. We appreciate that immensely. Yeah. I mean, I, here at the office, it was just you and I on Friday, Kyle. We went yeah. to leave. Yeah, it was. I thought, nah, I'm not going to tell. Oh, this is a, that's a, that's a break story. I'll tell it at the, at the, mm-hmm. at the next break. After you left, your boy had a little problem here in the office. Oh no. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> It's just not one that I want for air. That's all. Okay. <laughs> um, um, mad props. We do these every Friday. We take the 49ers game and the upcoming Kings game. And we take two stats. We put them against each other. And then James and I have to pick which one will be higher. I've had some whiffs this year in terms of like which stats to line up next to each other. But I did a really nice job this week. Hmm. So the first one was Brock Purdy passing yards or Kings Hawks total points. Oh. You and I both took Brock Purdy passing yards. It was much, much closer than if I had told you we both got that right, I would have thought, oh, okay, Purdy must have just gone out and lit up the commanders. But he really didn't. Did he go, what, like 233, 234? 230 on the dot. 230 on the dot. Kings Hawks total, 227. Oh, so we both yes. we both got the W there. I did think the the 49ers game plan offensively was interesting. And it, it, we'll, we'll talk about that here because we also had Brock Purdy completions or Malik Monk points and assists. Brock Purdy, 22 completions. Mm. Malik Monk, 23 points. Oh. And assists. Who chose what? We both had Monk. Oh, so we both get we both uh, get we'll the start two and zero. Both get the win there. I thought I didn't think the the so I thought there were there were two ways Kyle Shanahan was going to go about Sunday's game. He was either going to have Purdy put the ball in the air forty times and torch a not very good defense, or they were going to play it way more conservative and let Purdy kind of regain some some confidence after a four interception game. And I think we saw that early. It was a lot of easier throws. Uh, rhythm throws, not really pushing the ball down the field. And a little bit later into the game, they started pushing the ball down the field. Kyle Juszczyk dropped what would have been a deep touchdown on the first drive. But they started pushing the ball down the field a little bit more late in the game. And then they got up by 17 and, and packed it in. Yeah. But I was expecting more of a pass-heavy game plan, I think. And it just wasn't... That wasn't really the case. I just don't think we... Either one of us assumed that McCaffrey would carry the ball. Was it 13 times... Like yeah. by mid second quarter, 
I, yeah. I was stunned by that. I was like, what what is happening? Yeah, it was a it was a lot of Christian McCaffrey, and we'll get to him in a second. Brandon Ayuk yards or King's first half points. This is the one that that I that that we had a big whiff on. So you took Kings, I took I took Ayuk. It was one fourteen to fifty three. Oh, Kings didn't have a great first half against Atlanta. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, they were down seventy one fifty three at the half. Is that what it was? Yeah, down eighteen. Oof, roared back to win by seven. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I get the I get the W there. Uh, you get your first loss. Uh, but don't fret, James. You're not out of it just yet. Uh, Christian McCaffrey touches or De'Aaron Fox field goal attempts. We both went with Fox. Fox had 20 field goal attempts. McCaffrey, because of the injury, 18 touches. That's what he finished the game with. Oh, yeah. He would have way more. Yeah, he was he was pacing upwards of 30. Yeah, like 47 touches. <laughs> like, stop touching people. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't think he probably would have gotten there because they probably would have, even if he was healthy, they, they would have, I think, removed him in the fourth quarter. Maybe, but he still would have would have been upwards of of thirty, I think. Yeah, I, would have I been mean, a lot of work. I was just like sitting there begging for Elijah Mitchell to get some some burn. Yeah, and then finally he did, but it was because of injury. We've talked a lot about the Kings changing rotation. It hurt your boy in this one. Keon Ellis not playing. Oh, that one stung. He had forty nine er sacks or Keon Ellis made field goals. You went forty nine er sack. I rocked with my guy Keon and no dice. No minutes for Keon Ellis, so no field goal, atta- uh, no made field goals. Uh, one sack for the 49ers. Hopefully two. Hopefully two. Hopefully there's that stack correction. Come on. Uh, one one sack for the 49ers, so you get the win there. I take the L, my first L. And then 49ers points or Trey Young points. I took Trey. You took the 49ers. The 49ers hung up 27. Trey Young hung up. 24. Oh, 24. That's right. Trey didn't have a so big So you get the win. I take the L by three points. Uh, you win this one. You Five and one this week. Four for you. Four and two for me. Uh, really, really, really strong performance. After last week, I think we combined got two or three right. Yeah, I'm wondering why this doesn't translate to my prize picks at all. Because I am one of the worst, the single-handed worst prize picks players of all time. <laughs> do, you need me to, do, do, you, do you need me to just, like, when you tell me to your thinking of... I will come up with 49ers props to put against them. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Okay. That, that might work. I can play that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's kind of like, uh, like I don't know if you've ever had to do, like on television, there's so many different ways. It, so I'm always better when someone asks me a question. Sure. If someone just puts a camera in my face, say, hey, talk about the game for 45 seconds. And I'm like, well, what do you mean talk about the game? Right. There's a basketball game today. Like there, there was a game and the Kings won. <laughs> like, uh, what do you want me to like pull out? Like, so anyway. Well, it was raining threes in Sacramento. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely am more comfortable when someone's like throwing, even if, and then it became like, hey, if you're a camera guy, ask me a question and then I'll I'll answer. Right. And, and Just give me fine. some kind of prompt. Yeah, give me a prompt and then I'll fire away and I can talk for 45 seconds. That's no big deal. But sure. Yeah, it's just different. Uh, let's get to our guy, Manny, 916-909-1320, 916-909-1320, if you want to jump in on the conversation. Manny, what do you got for us? What's up, guys? Happy New Year's. May your 2024 stay crunchy and never get soggy, man. <laughs> Bro, uh, I, go ahead. <laughs> yes, Kyle. Go ahead, dog. So, with the Zach talk, right? Like, I'm no basketball expert or analyst. But I have watched, I can count on it on one hand, the number of Bulls games I've missed since he's been a Bull. And I can tell you, it was exciting when he first got there. 
I thought the tools were there for him to be uh, to get a better jump shot. The athleticism was obviously already there. Uh, learned some defense, and he really hasn't changed much over the years. He's a he's the Carlos Boozer of defense. He hates playing defense. Uh, his offense is spotty at best. Yeah, he's had some great games, but he he relies he still relies on his athleticism basically for everything. Um, he does like James said, like he, there's it makes no sense to go get somebody like that. It would basically be not it's not the same player, but he's basically just taking Tyrese's spot of two offensive players that'll just end up bumping heads all the time. Yep. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I don't see how giving up what you'd need to give up for him. Even if the Bulls were in a, we just want to get rid of the salary type thing, it, there's nothing that, they already have point guards over there. They have Kobe White and they have IU. They don't need another, they don't need Davion really. It's, there's nothing that really makes sense in that trade trade to me. And I just have to say to like the naysayer Kings fans out there, like just trust Amante. If there's something out there, he's going to get it done. If it's not worth the cost, don't be disappointed at the trade deadline if he sticks with what he has and waits till the end of the season to address whatever needs to be addressed. They've done what they've done so far. They killed the 16-year streak. I know everybody wants to rush into like the next a- atmosphere of the playoffs, this championship. Enjoy the ride. I'm not trying to tell anybody how to fan, but enjoy the ride and let it play out. My man. You won't be disappointed. Thanks, Manny. Appreciate you. 916-909-1320. I'm with him. Yeah, I don't want Zach Levine either. By the way, speaking of speaking of Carlos Boozer, uh, did you see Jordan Clarkson had a triple double for the Jazz last night? Oh no! It was the Jazz's first triple double since Carlos Boozer had one in two thousand eight. What? Yeah. Oh, that's a crazy stat. Insane. That's a crazy stat. Lori Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Oof. Gordon Hayward, nobody. Wow, Gordon never had one. Not one. Wow. That, I was in high school. I was in high school. I'm 33. I was in high school the last time the Jazz had a triple-double before last night. And it was wow. Jordan Clarkson, of all wow. people. My one-year-old. I had a one-year-old that's now 16. <laughs> he can outdrive. <laughs> that's a And Demonis Sabonis has six of them this season. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. If anybody ever tells me to not be soggy again... It's going to be a problem, by the way. <laughs> Shout awesome. out to Manny. Oh, we appreciate the call. 916-909-1320. That's 916-909-1320. We're talking Kings trades. We're talking 49ers getting the one seed. We'll take a quick look at the NFL playoff picture when we come back. There's a couple of wild games uh, ahead of us this weekend. Uh, the Raiders, unfortunately, eliminated with their loss to the Colts. But we will talk about that, and we will look ahead to tonight's Kings game. Kings Hornets tonight. We'll give you some keys to victory in that one. And we're giving away another Jiffy Lube gift certificate. A $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate will be up for grabs in the next segment. We'll have your keyword next on ESPN 1320. Sacramento Sports You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. 
final segment, taking the afternoon, then D'Lo and KC will take over. I'm Kyle. That's James. We're having a great time today. Talking NFL, we've talked to a ton of Kings. Yeah. It feels like the Kings are having one of those seasons, and I think this is a little bit, if you're looking for a kind of overall, like overarching theme of the year, it's been that inconsistency. And in fact, somebody in the chat, in our in our YouTube chat earlier in the chatty house, Scout Recycler, uh, said the Kings need to improve their consistency to take the next step. Not sure if that will come with a big or small change to the roster. And that's that's kind of the big takeaway from the weekend for me. They go beat the Hawks, but man, they did claw back from down 23 and down 18 and a half. And then you go smoke the Grizzlies and look like you're in a different stratosphere than them. Kyle, I think it's been up and down and back and forth all year. And we sit here and we go, okay, yeah, now maybe they need this, they need that. It's like, ultimately, they need to string a month together of just good, consistent play. Yeah, and we talk about this, like, you know, the reason why, part of the reason why the Kings had such success last season without injury was because they didn't go out and get injury-prone players, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say consistent consistency can be looked at in the same way as injuries. Sure. If you go out and find a consistent player, you know, mm-hmm. then you have a much higher chance of of finding success. Yeah, thousand percent. Like, don't go out there and look for somebody who's all over the board thinking that you might be able to fix them. And mm-hmm. it's why I'd also say that I'm not 100% sold that, that Chris Duarte is a long-term answer at the shooting guard spot. Like he hasn't sure. been able to be consistent, whether it's injury, whether it's just, you know, inconsistent play. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been able to be that guy. So yeah. like I would like to say, okay, maybe this is the point where he he gets there. He's 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Maybe he settles in, all that stuff. But I, I, if I'm a team like the Kings, I would prefer if I need more consistency, go find yourself someone who brings in every single night. That's that's just it. And And I admire what Mike Brown has done. And I think he's been doing the right things in terms of mixing and matching and messing with rotations and not just getting set with a, these are the starting five and then this is the bench. And sometimes we'll go a little deeper in the bench depending, but this is, this is the team that I'm rolling. Like he has moved things around with the bench unit and now he's moving things around with the starting unit Mm -hmm. and just trying to find, like you said, just trying to find that night in and night out competitiveness where you're not going to win every night. Shots aren't going to fall every night. Yeah. But it's the, Oh, Hey, they look like title contenders against the Grizzlies. And then they look like a lottery team against Boston. Yeah. You know, it, it's been that up and down kind of, uh, and, and Boston might be a tough example because Boston's really good, but against the Rockets or the Pelicans, mm-hmm. they look like not a title. So I think finding that, and and maybe it is Chris Duarte. Maybe it's a trade they haven't made yet, but yeah, that's that's going to be the, I think the next step is where we're not talking about like, hey, what does the starting lineup look like <laughs> on a given night? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is something that, like, when you, you talk about consistent, you can find consistent players, right? It's mm-hmm. something that it's actually a, a skill set that that I look for, like when I'm playing fantasy football, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got C.D. Lamb on my roster. From week 8 until week 17, he has it, he has one touchdown every single week. I think there's one week where he has two touchdowns and the one week that he didn't have a touchdown, I'm sorry, from week eight to week 17, the one week he didn't have a touchdown, he had 11 catches for 191 yards. So every single week I'm looking at 29 points, 18 points, 29 points, 11 points, 13. Like if you can start to count Mm 
mm-hmm. on someone the way that the Kings right now can count on the Aaron Fox mm-hmm. and Amonis Sabonis. If you can add more people that are like that, then you're going to find great success. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I have nothing to add. Okay. That's, that's, uh, that's I think what, what Mike Brown is searching for yeah. when he, when he's making changes in the starting lineup and we'll see what it looks like after the trade deadline. And then it's about figuring it out for the postseason and at least having a solidified starting five and a good three or four deep bench that Mike Brown knows he can rely on in a seven game series. And, and maybe that changes on matchups, but right now, um, if they were going into a playoff series, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel great because you just don't know like, Hey, who's going to start? Who's their five best players right now? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, who your closing lineup is. I think it's their starters with Malik Monk at the two, but outside of that, it's kind of like, Ugh. yeah. So anyways, no, um, real quick before we get into keys to a King's victory tonight against the Hornets. Well, first of all, you want to give away a hundred dollar gift certificate? Yeah, let's do it. All right. ESPN 1320.com is where you're going to want to go. There's a giant Jiffy Lube logo right in the front. You're going to click on that. And then you're going to enter the code word Monk. Monk. As in Malik Monk, M-O-N-K, Malik Monk, 27-5-5 against the Grizzlies on Sunday night. Just the kind of performance that we've been looking for for Malik Monk. It feels like for two weeks we're like, all right, hey, big Malik Monk scoring that tonight. All right, here it comes. Okay, here we go. Now, it seems he's finally right with that foot injury. He's not on the injury report. And, uh, man, he lit it up in Memphis. And he was your player of the game. Devonis Sabonis, also also a really good game. 13 points, 21 boards, 12 assists. Another triple-double for him. But, man, when Malik Monk catches fire like that, I, I don't... <sighs> I'm going to... Bear with me here. Yep. Steph Curry has always been the Warriors' best player. Mm-hmm. But when they were in the in the... 2015 2016 in those two years i was of the mind like man i don't know if there's anybody more important to them than draymond green what he does for them emotionally what he does for them defensively i guess just and again that in retrospect in hindsight i know right now that sounds crazy but in 15 16 like trust me that that was the case i feel like that's where malik monk is at darren fox is clearly their best player yes demonis sabonis is very clearly their second best player yep i don't know that there's a more important player for sacramento than malik monk like, if you tell me that, hey, in a playoff series, he averaged 18 and 6, I like the Kings to win that playoff series against almost anybody. I'm with you. Uh, like, for me, like, first of all, he's found consistency. Even last season, he was really good, but he wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to, where you can start writing in with Penn what you're getting. And yeah. the fact that he's shooting 41.2% from three. Yep. It just makes him deadly. Like mm-hmm. his set shot, and someone asked earlier in the chat, like how much is, what's his his price tag, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like we're going to have to wait and see. Like I'm going to have to do a lot more research on like who has money and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. again, you have to understand that like once we go through the trade deadline, it's possible that some of these teams that have money right now won't have money this off season and things will shift. So Monk, I mean, the Kings can offer, I think it's, million Mm -hmm. uh, as a starting salary for him. It's like a a four-year 78 is what they could offer him. And he is living up to that type of contract. Mm -hmm. Now, if he's going to get $25 million a year, $30 million a year, first of all, the Kings can't go there. They don't have, because he's a, a two-year contract, He they all they have is early bird rights. They don't have full Larry Bird rights to him. Mm. Um, 
and they don't have salary cap space. So you're going to lose him if it's above that. Uh, but like the type of player he's become in Sacramento to me is just, it's spectacular. And you talked about the foot injury. The foot injury was clearly bugging him. Like the, mm-hmm. the Kings didn't need him in Phoenix. He scored seven points. Um, he missed the next game. And then the Portland game, he only scored seven points too. You could tell it, it was bugging him. Mm-hmm. And then he had a couple of days to heal up and uh, he was really good. And the cool thing too is he's from Arkansas and I guess it's not that far for friends and family to get to Memphis to go watch that game. Mm-hmm. And so he had, I think, upwards of 50 people in the stands, uh, friends and family during the holidays. So good for Malik having a big game with his friends and family there. Yeah, love to see that for him. Uh, before D'Lo and Casey get in here, um, we will skip the NFL playoff stuff. We can do that uh, another time. Let's get to our keys to victory. For the Sacramento Kings tonight against the Charlotte Hornets, the Kings looking for their third consecutive victory. And James Ham of the Kings Beat, thekingsbeat.com. Make sure to become a subscriber today. What is your first key to victory? No slip-ups. Hmm. This is a bad team. Portland's a bad team. <laughs> you can't let them have confidence early. You got to do exactly what you're supposed to do, and that's uh, beat the pants off this team. Smack yeah. them around. Mm-hmm. You got to do it early, for sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, my first key is a defensive repeat. We talk consistency. I have no doubt the Kings will figure it out on offense no matter what. I They have enough weapons, they have a good enough coaching staff, and they have one of the 10 best players in the league in De'Aaron Fox. They are going to put the ball in the hoop. They have to get stops. I mentioned it earlier, over their last six quarters, they have not allowed 30 points in any of their last six quarters. And over those six quarters, they've allowed a combined 131. 131 points in six quarters, that is less than 22 points a quarter. That is outstanding. They need to continue that that level of defense tonight. And um, you, that goes to what you're saying. Just yeah. snuff it out early. Don't yeah. don't let them score 38 in the first quarter and, and let their confidence grow. Keep them to... 20, 21 points, and uh, run away early. This is a really good offensive team. I mean, LaMelo Ball is averaging 24-7 a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is he back? You know, I'm not sure. I I didn't look. Um, Terry Rozier's at 23-6. Miles Bridges, who I assume is going to get booed out of the building, is at 19.7. Hayward, uh, Gordon Hayward is at at 14-5, 14-9 for Brandon Miller. Yeah, all further kinds. Further illustrating your point here, LaMelo Ball out with an ankle injury. Gordon okay. Hayward out with a calf injury. Terry Rozier doubtful. He is sick. Uh, Frank Nittalikina also out. And then uh, Mark Williams is doubtful with a back injury. Oh. So yeah, LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward both out for the Hornets. Yeah. Which just adds to everything we've been saying. Yeah. I mean, th- yeah. this team is, is rudderless and they're not playing well at all. Your second key is my favorite one. Um, don't let Nick Richards look like Dwapreeth. Uh, first of all, I know who Nick Richards is. Sure. I, I have no idea who Dwapreeth is, even though I, I watched him drop 25 and nine on the Kings. But like, why? Like that should never happen. Like, do not get beat by some rando. Do not, n- you have to make adjustments. Thousand percent, you have to dude. figure it out. Don't let somebody beat you. The Kings have notoriously done this. It used to be a random dude named Jason Smith who every time he played the Kings, it was like, woo, game time. <laughs> All NBA player that day. All NBA. <laughs> yeah. 
You're like, why does Jason Smith have like 18 points in 12 minutes? I, I don't know. Yeah. I know. They, no, but that's, the Kings. that's a good one. The, 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 the Hornets do not have a ton of size. Their roster's crazy. It's like two seven-footers and then a bunch of six-seven dudes. Yeah. It's really what Get a body on whatever big is on the floor, and then Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, whoever it is, go clean it up. They made P.J. Washington this guy Keegan one Murray. year. I think P.J. Washington put up hung like a 42 spot on That's the Kings. That's crazy. P.J. Washington's a fine player, but come on. Yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> always been a guy who people are like, oh, should the Kings trade for P-? Like I've I've said in the past, like when he was cheap, yeah, go get him. Yeah, 42 points. There it is. It, it's not his career high, but it's his uh, second. It was uh, at Golden 1 Center, 127-126, Charlotte Jeez. Hornets 1, and that's back on February 28, 2021. P.J. Washington, 42 points on 15 of 12, uh, 22 shooting. Golly. Lit them that's up. crazy. Oh, and like look. P.J. Ma- Washington's fine, but come on. Malik Monk scored 21 in that game off, off the, oh, hey, the key, Hornets bench. Bonus key, Malik Monk revenge game. All right. That's right. Key number key number two for me. The Kings got to get it going from three tonight. I know they live and die by the three. You got to live by it tonight. Charlotte is allowing teams to shoot 39.7% from three. Oh, that's not even trying. That's not even trying, dude. You're going to get open looks. You got to cash them. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of open looks. Okay. That's a good key. Key number three. Uh, Do work early and let the starters prep for Orlando tomorrow. Orlando's good. Back to back against the Orlando Magic. You need to get up on this team early. Uh, let your starters play 28 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next game. And somehow find a way to win your first back-to-back of the season. <laughs> Got to figure it out, man. And, and remember, the Kings are 4-0 this season on the front side of a back-to-back. They're 0-4 on the back side of a uh, back-to-back. So, oh. yeah, you got to figure it out right here. Would you Would you take a loss tonight if it meant winning tomorrow? No. <laughs> no, a loss is a loss. And if it's a bad loss to a bad team, no. All right. I mean, this is your chance to go nine, maybe 10 games over 500 yeah. right now. Yeah. If you get there right now, that is wild. That literally puts you like like eight games ahead of last season's pace. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, my final key, you can't expect a whistle. The Hornets are, are pretty good at defending without fouling. Um, so don't. Don't go in and do the thing. My and I and I bring this up because Mike Brown specifically pointed to it the last time the Kings was it against who was it against? Is it Boston? Where he said some calls didn't go their way and he thought it took him out of the game. Yeah. You can't I don't want to see that tonight. I think part of the reason they, they don't foul a lot is because they're not very good at defense. So that's all. Yeah, they just get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I haven't done the like super deep dive on Hornets defensive tape, but I think this is more just in general. Don't let the refs take you out of the game. You got a shot at your 20th win on the season tonight already. Man. 20. Man. On January 2nd. We haven't seen that kind of That's not bad. Sacramento. Their 20, 20th win of the year, but also their first win of the year. Oh, because it's 2024. Yeah, there you go. That's a bad joke. I'm sorry. That was stupid. <laughs> that was really bad. Um, NFL playoff clinching scenarios. I have some fun ones for you. So I'm not, a, there's not going to be a quiz on this. So nobody needs to be like dialed in and remembering. Okay. The Take top care fi- here. The top. Oh, awesome. Uh, the top five seeds in the NFC are, are wrapped up. 49ers are one. Uh, Dallas or Philly will be two. Um, no, excuse me. Detroit, Detroit or Dallas or Philly will be two. Um, 
the Rams are locked into the five. So like the, there's five playoff teams that are set. The seating's a mess. But Atlanta gets in with a win and a Tampa Bay loss. Dallas clinches the NFC East with a win or a Philly loss. Green Bay gets in with a win. These are my favorite ones. Ready? Green Bay gets into the playoffs with a win or a Green Bay tie, a Seattle loss or tie, and a New Orleans loss or tie. Oh. Or a Green Bay tie, a Seattle loss, and a Tampa Bay loss. Or a Green Bay tie, a Seattle tie, and a Tampa Bay loss or tie. Or a Minnesota loss or tie, a Seattle loss, and a Tampa Bay loss. Or a Minnesota loss or tie, and a Seattle loss, and a New Orleans loss. Wow. Green Bay has six different clinching scenarios, one of which is just win. Just win. Just get a dub. Okay. Luckily, the 49ers don't have to worry about that. Are you let's joining get, us? Uh, yeah, no, let's get, yeah, let's get, no. oh, that's my bad. I got to mute you. There it is. Kenny Carraway of D-Lo and KC fame joining us now for the handoff. What's up, KC? Oh, hang on. That's my fault. My fault. My fault. Okay, start now. In here now? All right. All yeah. Right. I was just saying, I just wanted to get in while you were still talking about this. Because you remember that year when I believe it was the Steelers? See the Steelers or the Chargers. Mm-hmm. They literally needed like seven things to happen on the last day of the season, and they all happened. And I think they lost at the buzzer. Are you talking about the Chargers Raiders game where they just needed a tie and both teams would have gotten? No, in? no, no. This was oh, okay. lo- this was probably maybe oh. ten years ago now. Oh, I don't remember this. And I think seven things needed to happen, like seven win tie lose oh, scenarios. Man. They needed all seven to happen. They all happened, they and I think they. they I think it was the Chargers. I think they like lost on a late field goal or a pick at the end. It was something crazy. Brutal. It was something. It, I'll never forget it, as you can see, although I don't remember it specifically. Hmm. He, he'll that's, never that's, forget that it. sounds very Chargers. <laughs> but he forgot it. <laughs> Just to clarify, San Francisco locked into the one seed. That's huge. Kenny, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, San Francisco locked into the one seed. The two seed in the NFC could either be Dallas, Detroit, or Philly. Hmm. The number three seed could be either Dallas or Detroit. For the for the two, Dallas would have to lose. Detroit win. For the two, if Dallas wins, Dallas is the two seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Dallas loses and Philly wins, uh, I think Philly is the two, and then Detroit is the three. Mm. I think is how that goes. And then the NFC South is still up for grabs. So that four seed, it could be Tampa Bay. It could be Atlanta. And I think there's a New Orleans situation where New Orleans could clinch the yeah. NFC South. I think yeah, Atlanta, they went, they, Atlanta's uh, still alive, aren't they? Yeah. Somehow, some way. So Atlanta can win the South uh, with a win and a Tampa Bay loss. Hmm. New Orleans can win the South with a win and a Tampa Bay loss. Hmm. Or they tie. And a ta- oh, the, the, so, Okay. Because Atlanta plays Tampa. No. Boy, this is a mess. See, one of the things... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Atlanta plays New Orleans. One one of the things about these late-game scenarios, I heard you guys Jesus. talking a little bit about it with the Washington, Niners-Washington game. Uh, Drew down in the chat. He said Dallas ain't losing in to, to the commanders. And, all. and in theory, I agree. But these, these late-season games against teams that you should beat... Weird things can happen. Weird things can happen. Like it, it's not always so cut and dry. It's not always, oh, 49ers playing the Commanders, 
They should beat them by, you know, four scores. When they, end up, they ended up beating mm-hmm. them by that. But it's not always just like from the kickoff. Like, it's, it's just weird vibes a little bit. You know, as they talk about in, bat, in football all the time, somebody's always playing for something. Next yeah. contract, uh, next year, whatever the case may be, they're one opportunity. So it's always it's always iffy. I, I, you always got to be weary of these games against teams that essentially have nothing to play for but have everything to play for. Yeah. Well, and if Traverius Ward doesn't get that interception down there in the red zone and Washington goes in and scores – you look at early second half, and that's a three-point game. Yeah, like that. Yeah. That that game flipped on its head when Ward got an interception. So yeah, weird weird things happen. I thought there was zero chance that Arizona was going into Philly and winning. Uh, I had, I didn't think it's like okay, Jonathan Gannon revenge game, and I know Philly's defense is struggling, but I just don't think the Cardinals have have well, the bodies. Well, we well we got to start doing to a certain degree, and I'll talk about it a little bit more throughout the day. But we got to stop giving Philly the, the respect that we've been giving them. I mean, they haven't shown all year that they're this really good team. Like they're, they have all year, all, all year. year. They yeah. even when they were ten and one, yeah. they were getting by. They didn't feel with like the a ten and one team. team. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so they might lose on Sunday. They might lose to the Giants. They could definitely. They almost lost to the Giants yeah. a couple weeks ago. They should have had Tyrod in there the whole time. They probably would have lost. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, it's, we saw it this weekend with Jacksonville. Didn't Jacksonville lose to Carolina? Mm. No. Who was it that Jacksonville beat the heck out of Carolina? Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> Who was the owner that threw his drink? David Tepper, the Panthers owner. Oh my he bad. He threw his drink in Jacksonville. Oh yeah, that's yeah. my bad. I got that one no, like, it's, swapped. No, it's that, that, I don't. And that was bad form. I have no the idea. Battle of '95. Yeah, that was bad nice, form. Dude. Yeah, it's a tough. That's a tough look for for David Tepper. Uh, we got to get you out of here, Kenny. Uh, what do you guys got coming up on the show? Kings, Niners, and Michigan. Go blue. Let's go. Let's go. Uh oh. Mm. Gross. <laughs> I'm a lifelong U Dub fan after becoming a lifelong Alabama fan this weekend. Go dogs. Uh, big Michael Penix. This guy. is the year, baby. Go blue. All right. Yeah, you're relying on Jim Harbaugh to win a big game. Good luck. Harbaugh with that. and the Niners win championships that. this year. Can't oh, believe boy. it. It's nuts. All right. We're gonna get it. Whatever whatever that is. That's coming up next on ESPN 1320. Thanks, guys. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader.